Hello and welcome to episode 71 of the Cognicast, a podcast by Cognitech Inc. about software and the people that create it. I'm your host, Craig Andera. Well, I have a whole bunch of notes for you today. The first couple I want to talk to you about are Datomic uh, related. So the, the thing I want to mention first is that Datomic recently announced, the Datomic team announced that they have uh, implemented some enhancements for Datalog, uh, which are kind of long awaited by a lot of people, I think. Um, so those include things like uh, negation in the query. There's a the not operator now. Um, another thing is support uh, for better leveraging the indexes when you're doing like range in the query. Um, there are a bunch of other cool stuff too. You can read more about that on the Datomic blog at blog.datomic.com. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is that we have just recently published some training videos. So this is Stu Holloway gave a Day of Datomic uh, course. We took and turned that into a series of six videos. They total about four hours, packed with good information. Um, you can watch some or all of them, whatever you want to do, obviously. They're completely free. So you can find out more information about where to get those on our company blog at blog.cognitech.com. So that's pretty cool. Um, I want to move now to events around the world. Um, these are not Cognitech events, just cool stuff that we found on the internet that we thought uh, you might want to hear about. So first one is uh, there's a closure experience report going on in London, um, put on by our friends at U-Switch, um, that people are going to be presenting sort of experience reports, working with closure. Uh, looks like there's a bunch of good ones. That's going to be on Tuesday, January 27th. All of this is in 2015, of course, and like I said, in London. Uh, you just search for first closure experience report London. I'm sure you'll find it. Um, also kind of over there is uh, the uh, German closure conference known as either closure D or closured. I'm not actually sure how you pronounce it just by looking at the website, but it's a conference. It's a closure based conference. It's going to be in Germany. You can find more information on that at www.closured. That's closure spelled out and the letter D all is one word dot D E. So www.closured.de. And that's going to be the 24th of January in Berlin. Um, so that looks pretty interesting. Um, coming back over to the US, there is a free closure workshop uh, titled Intro to Programming Games in Closure. That's also going to be on Saturday, January 24th. It's in Portland, article, uh, Portland Oregon. Um, and uh, you can search for Intro Programming Games in Closure, Portland, Oregon. I'm sure you'll wind up there um, because you know how to search the internet. Um, also, while we're talking about events in the U.S., there is a closure cocktail hour in um, Mason, Ohio, which is a suburb of Cincinnati, I believe. That's January 28th. It's billed as join us for lightning talks, cocktails, and snacks. And if you don't like closure food and drinks, then, well, I have sympathy for you because those are all good things. Um, so check that out. Um, closure cocktail hour. That's in Ohio, Mason, Ohio. Um, what else? Oh yeah, Clo uh, Closure West is coming up. Uh, that's going to also be in Portland, Oregon. Um, back up in Portland again. Uh, it's going to be April 20th through the 22nd. It's going to be at the Girding Theater, so that's the same place it was two years ago if you were there for that. It's a cool venue. Um, by the time you hear this, registration should be open. Um, ClosureWest.org. I don't have the prices yet. They're not quite finalized, but I'm once registration opens, like I said, which should be true by the time you're listening to this, the prices should all be there. So that's a good conference. Um, definitely uh, swing by there if you're at all able to. Well, so that was this is a lot going on in 2015 here, which is hardly surprising. The uh, the closure machine is cranking up. The closure community is always busy, and and there's more and more of us all the time. Um, 
uh, kind of fun to talk about the things that are coming up here because, of course, in this episode, uh, we do our annual uh, look back, look forward. So uh, I won't hold you up from that anymore. Um, we will go on to episode 71 of the Cognicast. go if you are. I am ready to go. Awesome. Uh, well, looking forward to it as always. All right, so welcome everybody to the Cognicast. Today is Thursday, December 18th in the year 2014, and with us today is Justin Getlin. Welcome to the show, Justin. Thank you, Craig. It's a pleasure to be back. It is my pleasure as well. Always fun to talk to you here on this, the uh, third anniversary of the show. Now, <laughs> yes, that's right. So, uh, But before we dive into that, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to make an announcement, essentially, because people will probably already have noticed something different. Possibly. I have to. There's Anyway, I'll get into that in a second. But we, we've made a decision. You and I had a long conversation. I came to you and said, hey, listen, I, I want to talk to you about something. And we, we discussed it and went back and forth and, and ultimately came to a decision that um, I want to make sure people are clear I'm happy with, which is that we're not going to be using guest-selected music at the beginning of the show anymore. So I will not Tis be – Go ahead. Tis true. Yes. So I will not be asking you, Justin, today for a song, neither at the beginning or at the end. Now, we do have an, another thing that we want to do, and I'll get into that in a second. But it's something we just decided that we weren't going to go forward with. So uh, that's cool. I, I think, you know, I've, I've made my peace with that decision. I think it's the right decision. And I've got a, uh, what I think is a neat idea to replace it. So we'll, we'll do that. Uh, but people might already have noticed, I, I haven't yet decided what to do as far as an intro song. If anything, we might add an intro song, but I haven't picked anything at, at the, at this moment over the, over the, between the time we record this and time we produce, I might pick something. I have one option in mind, but I'm exploring a few others. So people may have heard music. If they do, they'll hear about that at the, uh, at the end of the show, we'll give credit there, but, uh, but we might not, we might do, we might do something else entirely. So. We will see. But it, it seems like a good moment to make the transition. Like I said, you know, you and I had a conversation, which I, I'm not going to go into. And uh, we figured, hey, you know, the this episode, because here we are, this is the essentially third anniversary of the show. I think I think you and I might have recorded episode one off the top of my head. It was something like December 19th in 2011. There you go. <laughs> so pretty couldn't close. be closer. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Really couldn't be much closer. So this is this is exciting for us to be here at the end of yet another year of the show um, with a new tradition, and which uh, to 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 be concrete about that, Justin and I have uh, been playing with the idea. And I tried this out with a Kim, and it worked pretty well. Of you know we we still love the idea of software is about people, the business is about people, and you know we have a show where we talk a lot about technology, which can be rather uh, lacking emotion for good reason a lot of the times, right? When we make these objective decisions, but you know, one of the things that's neat is to kind of get the guests on and get a, a connection to the, the human side of these efforts. And, and that art is a really good way to do that. You know, we'd use music previously, but I thought, well, why don't we make it broader? 
why, why don't we open it up to all kinds of art? And so I would like to begin the show by asking our guests, and this, of course, is you. We'll get to inaugurate this particular uh, tradition the same way that you inaugurated the other, the older tradition, <laughs> by asking you to share some kind of artistic experience that you've had in your life. And that could be um, a performance you've attended, a book you read, you know, really anything where you've experienced some some bit of art that, that was meaningful to you. And and I actually have a request for you because you tell a really good story that is connected to our old tradition in the form of, uh, you can pick a different one. We can tell this one some other time, but <laughs> you have a story about a concert and a friend being very ill that you've told that I, that I like. Ah, uh, yes. So, uh, so I will, I will throw it to you. Any, any artistic experience you'd like to relate, whether it's that one or something else, what would you like to share with us? Uh, no, I, I can tell that story because it is, it is fairly seminal and I'll tell the extended version of that story. So, which doesn't add a whole lot. Basically, when I was in, uh, you know, late junior high and early high school and discovering music, um, I had not been to any rock concerts per se. And I went to my very, very first rock concert, uh, which happened to be the Monkees reunion tour. <laughs> and uh, that concert I went to with my mother. And uh, it was Gary Puckett and the Union Gap, and it was the Turtles, and it was Tom Jones, and then it was the Monkees. And, you know, as you might guess, it was uh, every bit the a bunch of old fogies running around in uh, leather pants and um, crazy European-looking jackets, <clears throat> uh, reliving their glory days, and lots of older ladies screaming from the audience, and of course, myself. The following week, I went to my second rock concert. And that rock concert was Metallica, the And Justice for All tour. Oh, yeah. Back, back, that was like their last good one. It was their last really, really good tour. And um, the opening band was uh, Queensryche mm. on the uh, Operation Mindcrime. Oh, wow. Their last uh, good one. <laughs> their last good one. So for this show, uh, my uh, good friend Ramey and I had tickets in the – this was in the Charlotte Coliseum, uh, literally in the farthest back row – on the left side of the stage. So, so behind us was the small gap between us and the wall. Uh, nobody sitting behind us. And I had another friend uh, who was actually a, the bass player in a local band called the Toilet Trees. Mm. And yes, their logo was a tree growing out of a toilet. And uh, he had been following Metallica um, for his entire life from the, from the very first albums forward and had missed them four times. He had never seen them live. Um, he had tickets in three separate countries, uh, and he'd never actually gotten to go. Um, he had pr procured for himself a front row center ticket. And as you might guess, the entire stadium was filled with people who had literally no time or interest in Queensryche and so sat and talked with each other um, during Queensryche's entire set. But when Metallica finally came out, everybody, of course, stood up and started to put their fists in the air and bang their heads, um, except for my friend in the front row, because he had 104-degree fever, mm. and he could not stand up. James Hetfield noticed this halfway through their first song, stopped the band, and said in not so many words, or not these exact words, but he said, nobody sits down in the front row of one of our blanking concerts. Get up or get out. Pointing at my friend, who stumbled out of his seat, came all the way upstairs to where Ramey and I were sitting, knew where our seats were, 
we flipped a coin. I ended up with his ticket, and I went and stood in the front row center of the Metallica concert for the rest of the evening. Keep in mind that the prior week I had attended my first rock concert, which was the Monkees. <laughs> yeah, study in contrast. Very, very study in contrast and, and, and uh, um, a study in uh, the worst possible way that, that, a, that a, a good friend's first ex- encounter with his favorite band could have gone. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that stands the test of time as far as interesting rock shows you know a lot of concerts since then nothing stands out than having the lead singer of a famous band call your friend out for being a jerk <laughs> well that that is amazing justin and i'm sure there's a metaphor buried in there somewhere but uh we'll have to <laughs> leave the analysis for another time because the there metaphor are so many is don't trust a heavy metal band <laughs> <laughs> so uh i will not touch that one with a 10-foot pole uh, we have many many other things that we want to talk about we um we have here as our as our tradition now really i think you can call it that since this is the fourth show, if you count the first one, where we've, you know, gotten gotten together on these year-end boundaries, and and in the, you know, this one and the the two prior, we've made it a habit of looking back at the year and looking forward at what's to come, um, and I and I want to get to all that. So uh, that's a great story. Thank you so much for sharing it. But let's let us jump in, and um, I don't know, what do you think? Let's start with um, with looking back a bit. Uh, again, every, we say this every year. I'll, I'll I'll try to only say it once, but crazy year. I mean, our first <laughs> full year as Cognitech to start with. Absolutely. So I think this time last year, we had just announced, you know, the formation of Cognitech and, and, and uh, we had talked through what we hoped that was going to mean for us and for the people we work with and, and for. It has now been 14-ish months and uh, uh, we're finishing up 2014 as, as an entirely new organization, which becomes more true every day it's it's remarkable how how different the world is from inside these walls i I don't really know how our listeners feel about it uh i hope that they they also have experienced that that things have have uh shifted modified but uh yeah it is crazy and um it's been uh, a study in um watching the growth of the community of folks around us and seeing how uh, the things that that you know we're passionate about manifest themselves in the world, and um, working with a lot of really interesting people, uh, tackling some really interesting problems. So, yeah, I've I've found 2014 to be um, exactly as you might have guessed, nothing like I expected it to be <laughs> when I looked ahead from the end of 2013, but but mostly in positive ways. Well, let's hit some of those. I mean, I'm, I'm, we don't need to limit it to positive ways, but I mean, I can, off the top of my head, I can think of a few things just from the technical standpoint. Transit, transducers, the, the pull, Datomic Pull API, the Conj, Closure West. Are there any, I mean, maybe you want to go through some of the, the more significant milestones of uh, 2014 that, that come to your mind. Um, I think that, that uh, when I sort of look back, for me, the the milestones started with Closure West. Closure West was uh, the first time I had traveled to the West Coast for a Cognitech event, um, and we had moved it to San Francisco. And uh, it was, uh, you know, a large, well-attended, and and really high-energy event. Uh, it was also the event where uh, we cemented um, David Nolan joining the company, um, which was a conversation that that you know had been I had been certainly trying to prosecute for a while, and uh, it was a, a moment of, of pleasure for me when when we sort of sat down and and figured out everything during that week. But then, as you go through, I think we we have seen a, a lot of interesting technology sort of bubble out during the course of this year, and not a whole lot of it felt. I would say 
what's the word I'm looking for? It's not like we set out three years ago to write transit. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, Transducers clearly is the the denouement, if you will, of a long series of explorations by Rich, and uh, and I think they're 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 certainly they've they've shown themselves to be influential. Um, certainly they've shown themselves to be intriguing. Uh, but part of the pleasure for me of working with the people that I work with is watching the process from inside and seeing. You know, I wouldn't have said that transducers were coming. Um, a year before they were released, but um, much like most, much of what Rich produces, um, it looks fairly obvious in retrospect. <laughs> you can sort of <laughs> see the outcome and go, well, of course this is where this was heading. Transit, on the other hand, was one of those things that came about from um, you know the experience of the company working in the kinds of problem spaces that we were working on and noticing that we were you know, hitting the same pain point over and over and over again and deciding that it was worth going and solving for that pain. So again, not something that, that had been bubbling along in the in the roadmap for years, but quite obviously necessary once we'd set our mind to it. And uh, also an, another moment where, you know, it's clearly shown itself to have some some legs in the out in the wider world. And uh, we hope to continue to see that happen. So to me, though, I, I look at, at Conj, the end of the year in November, as a, as a major flag pole. Uh, sad that I wasn't able to go. As you know, I think I've mentioned on the show before, um, I have a on-off relationship with, with our um, events. I've only been able to go to about half of them mm. um, for various reasons. Uh, in this particular case, I had a really good one. My uh, wife had a business trip, and, and I stayed home with my kids. But, you know, if the listeners have or have not read my summary uh of the show i mean you know more than 500 attendees which is a huge spike from last year more than 60 percent of the attendees were first-time attendees uh, the the videos were up the day that they uh the, the talks were given i mean it's just a remarkably uh well attended and and well-liked event uh from all in, for all intents and purposes and, and from all viewpoints i think that that to me what i like is that uh it, it really shows that the community uh is growing that 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 we're attracting new folks to to closure and uh it's you know as much as it's fun to go see the folks who've been there for five straight years uh it's frankly more fun sitting on this side of the desk to see the the community itself expanding and and new folks showing up and new faces showing up so uh very excited about all of that and and frankly you know we 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 launched the first official opportunity grants program this year um with the explicit goal of of expanding that community even farther to, to, you know, really enabling folks who might not other be, otherwise be able to make it and to attend and to enjoy the show to get out there. And, and um, I think we had 12 recipients of the opportunity grants this year. And, and, and that's certainly enough to make me want to uh, try to increase that program in, in future years and for future events. So yeah, I, I, I felt like it was a fantastic sort of wrap up to the year for the closure community and, uh, you know, really sets us up well for, for getting into 2015 and, and accomplishing some great stuff. So that, that there's a there's a related topic which I wonder if you could comment on. So we happened to run the state of closure survey this year after Chaz uh, Emmerich, who usually runs it, asked us to take care of it in the wake of him having twins. <laughs> yes. His hands were understandably full, and it was it was interesting. I think it speaks to some of the changes in the community that you were um, at least alluding to there. I wonder if anybody hasn't seen that. If you could kind of give the highlights, but more broadly talk about. You know, from our perspective, you know, a lot of our listeners are interested in closure, but they don't get the opportunity to really be immersed in it the way that we do. Like, what is the kind of general trajectory of the community and the market, I think, is another interesting aspect of that as well. Yeah, I, I think that we have a viewpoint 
um, sitting at the epicenter, if you will, that there is a loud and obvious community that you know works uh, in public uh, on the mailing lists and and uh, in various forums around the internet and shows up at the events and and at the various meetups that there are well-known people and and organizations you know represented there, but we can see a much larger what you might call the silent majority of um, adopters of Clojure simply pursuing commercial projects using Clojure. And um, there is an air gap between those two communities. You know, there's there's folks who are intensely passionate about the language and about the platform and about the community who show up all over the place. And then there's other people who are who view it as a, uh, you know, a great tool to get some stuff done and, and don't, for whatever reason, right, either time or uh, legal obligations or whatever, can't show up on the forums or submit patches or whatever. And the survey this year um, was a great indication that, that, that some of that silent majority is starting to surface. And then after that, we, we saw a great hacker news thread, actually, of, of companies you know, announcing that, you know, I, I can't remember who started the thread, but, but Alex Miller certainly weighed in and, and spurred a lot of conversation. We saw hundreds of companies dropping in on that thread saying, oh, yeah, we've got closure in production doing X or Y. And uh, so when you, when you look at the, the survey and the results of the survey and you couple that with some other public um, things that happened, what we're excited about is seeing more of the commercial adopters of Clojure becoming public about that adoption. Go, go ahead and uh, drop a few names because I thought I don't think a lot of people are aware of quite the sort of extent of um, well-known companies. Not to I mean, I think there are lots of great work being done at companies that aren't household names, but I think it's interesting to hear some of the names that we saw. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we know, and a lot of these names are not un- <laughs> uncommon. Uh, you know, if you if you poked around a little bit, you'll see them. But but clearly, you know, Walmart's in doing closure, and they've been public about that. Netflix, Amazon, um, Monsanto now because their uh, acquisition of Climate Corp, Staples, uh, through the Staples Innovation Lab. Uh, of course, uh, there's a series of you know, very large banks who've been quite public uh, about their use of closure. And, and as we have you know, fielded outreach, and I certainly don't want to go through too long of a list, especially because I don't want to um, reveal names of folks who wouldn't want us to reveal them, but uh, what we've seen is 14 or 15 of the, the Fortune 25 uh, we've had, you know, we've heard from uh, about their closure use. It's really taken off uh, and we've seen great, great commercial adoption. And that's something that we want to really focus on is making sure that everybody who wants to try to apply closure uh, gets a chance to do that and gets supported in their efforts to do that. And, and you know, that's part of our exploration as an organization is, is understanding where the rough edges are for every segment of our user base and, and every segment of our, our implementation base. Um, if you had some other names that you wanted to throw in there, I'm happy for you to do that. I, the things that you thought that were interesting. No, no, I think that was perfect. I mean, I, I think you basically summarized the point that I wanted to get across, which is you know, a question that has come up in the past, I think less now, but certainly still comes up from time to time as well as anybody using this. And the answer is definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you said, 14 out of the, or whatever it was, 14 or 15 out of the Fortune 2025. 20, I mean, it's... Yeah. It's in a lot of places. I mean, that's not, we're not claiming that it's reached the market penetration uh, of Java. It's certainly not, but. Uh, oh, no. And I'm not saying that those companies have based their whole organization on it. Right. Not by a long shot. Some of those companies, you have a, a small research group um, doing something, but in other ones, they're, you know, they've built significant platforms and, and those platforms are, are serving, you know, lots and lots of customers. And 
and and that's the fun thing is that now that there's an organization Cognitech that really can stand up and be recognized behind closure that that means that those companies have somebody to call and 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 you know poke around at and, and say hey you know by the way uh, it'd be helpful if x or y or whatever um and and what we want to hear is what's driving the adoption we, we we want that dialogue what what what's causing you to adopt what what's causing people not to adopt what and that's been the fun part of this year is is really getting that exposure to the wider segment um, of the adopter base and and really hearing from them directly about uh, the good the bad and the ugly so so I think that we've that's that's a fair amount of coverage on. So our, as a company, we sort of think of ourselves as having kind of you know three broad business areas. Although we're you know we're a fairly small company, and so the usual case of there's a lot of crossover, a lot of yeah, mutual right. support and everything. <laughs> but you know we have like this this set of this open source set of tools, this platform you know that includes closure and transit. Um, we have the product side, and we have uh, the the consulting side. We have support. So. I think we've kind of hit on some of the the stuff happening on the platform side of the world. And maybe I've characterized these wrong. I don't remember the current yeah, terminology you use, but close enough. <laughs> uh, let's let's turn to um, at least one of the others. I mean, uh, maybe talk about product and and some of the things that have happened uh, there for us this year. Yeah, I think with Datomic, uh, we have seen um, a variety of really interesting feature releases uh, along the way um, this year as we've um, really engaged with the market. I mean, it's, it's, it's important to remember that Datomic's um, only been available in the market for literally just two years now. It's really quite uh, early in its uh, long-term, uh, what we view as its long-term uh, market lifespan. But this year has largely been about um, cementing the product as a product, you know, providing what uh, we've seen from the market is in terms of, you know, where the product could improve or, um, you know, add new capabilities. And what we've, uh, I think, found most fascinating over the course of this year is uh, exploring the edges of where uh, Datomic has found you know, companies have found value in it. And I think it's true of any software technology. The hallmark of a great technology is that it, in the hands of its users, does something that its original author never intended or envisioned. If somebody can take it and and do something you couldn't have foreseen, then you've built something that's that's truly flexible or and, and I hope truly simple. And that's been our experience this year. Certainly, we've had customers doing really crazy things with it that we wouldn't have envisioned nor recommended. Um, <laughs> but we've also had plenty of people show up and say, hey, you know, I did X with it. And, and I say, wow, that's, that's, I wouldn't have seen that coming, but, but fantastic. And how can we help? And, um, you know, the user base has grown uh, markedly. We've, we've sort of hit the goals we set for ourselves for the year uh, in terms of product adoption and, and, and engagement with the market. So um, it feels like, uh, the momentum is is good and it's growing. Uh, we've certainly seen um, adoption of the product from all shapes and sizes of organizations, from you know tiny companies of you know just getting started in somebody's garage, all the way up to the top of the food chain and and back. So as you might guess, each of those types of organizations has very different needs and and requirements for for dealing with a company and a product, and 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 that's been fun because. Uh, you know, like you said, we're a relatively small organization, and and um, we're we're having to grow ourselves and flex ourselves to to meet all those needs and requirements. But it's good. It's um, that's felt really positive, um, and it's felt positive because you know, two years ago when we launched this thing, we had some 
um, different characteristics, you know, not only technically, but in, in the way we license and the way we sell product and, and choices we've made as a business. And, and it's impossible to know what the outcome of those choices was going to look like until you've got some years under your belt and, and now we have. So, uh, you know, 2015 feels like we've got a nice tailwind behind us and, and you know, some of the things that we'll be doing in early 2015 uh, are going to be, you know, direct responses to the, to the um, things that we see in the market and the trends we're seeing and, and how we can help and, and, and help people solve their, their interesting data problems through this platform. So Now, so I look back at 2014 and it's always a little hard to remember because partly because I I get a little bit of an inside peek at what's going on. I even spent a little bit of time this year working on the product team, which was super interesting. But I, I think back on 2014, and you know, there's a few things I can think of. The, the pull API is a nice addition. But the majority of things that stand out in my mind are you know, basically the sort of steady improvement, you know, bug fixes, um, new features, but not like enormous new features that just kind of came out, I don't know, every, seemed like every three or four weeks over the course of the year. Are there any like significant milestone big events that that stand out in your mind for Datomic this year, or is it the same sort of you know continuous improvement uh, type of stuff that that I'm thinking of? I think that the for me most of the year has been continuous improvement and continuous iteration on what we have. I would say that you know the pull API is maybe the biggest technical milestone from my perspective. Uh, because it, you know, addressed some of the most salient pain points for a segment of the market. You know, there's a lot to be said for the logical query model that we went live with and that we only went live with. But for uh, some of the user base, you know, they wanted something uh, that they could really uh, express. I want exactly this set of results in exactly this one round trip, and, and I want something that feels more um, like a traditional query language and, and, you know, the now existence of the pull API feels like it's really hit that mark. And, and, and we've had a lot of customer response to that or really positive response to that, uh, the existence of that. So, so from a technical perspective, that's, that's a big one Uh, because it changes not just the operational characteristics of the system, but it changes the developmental characteristics, the, the, the ways people go about architecting their solution um, around it. And um, so it's been validating to see, you know, the positive uptake and the positive impact of that addition um, to the model. Yeah, I know that when that hit the streets, um, I knew it was coming and I was watching some of the, so RoomKey is continuing to expand their um, use of Datomic and I knew what they were doing with it. And, and as soon as it hit the streets, I was like, you want to go pay attention to this right now because I know for a fact that this will remove a whole bunch of code that you have in place. <laughs> yeah, and, and so. that's the thing. Like, anytime you can release a feature that that you know drops the amount of code needed to build a solution, then I feel like that's a win, not just for us, but for humanity, frankly. Right. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so let's let's turn to the services side of the organization. Um, so let's talk a little bit about consulting, a little bit about support. Um, what do you what do you have to say about those in 2014? Only that that. When we made the switch and became Cognitech, and, and you know, for those who've been following us for a long time, you, you know that, that we, we you know, melded uh, an entirely services organization with an entirely product organization to form this new thing that has these you know, three pillars, if you will. And what we had hopes for but couldn't really foresee the, the curve of was how the various segments of the market that we work with would you know collide and and how well they would mesh 
And uh, you know, relevance in its history prior to the to, to the formation of Cognitech had customers all over the map in terms of size and and type of product that they were trying to build or type of solution they were trying to to engender, um, and frankly, type of technology stack they were trying to use. Um, obviously, uh, Datomic was was out on the market trying to reach uh, whoever it could, and when we put them together and and became this organization that has closure and Datomic and, and the services arm, it really coalesced super fast around people who were building solutions out of the stuff that we were offering the marketplace on our technology stack. Uh, and it really provi- provided some great alignment and focus for the entire organization. I feel like the, the consulting and solutions side of the house, the services side of the house is now and has been for a while, right? It, it happened really fast um, focused entirely on implementing the kinds of solutions we like to build in the technologies that we have out in the market. You know, we're not, you know, we're not a generic services organization anymore. We will help you build solutions using the stuff that we have in the market. And, and it's been fast and furious, and it's great for the alignment of the org. So when we look at the kinds of things we're off in the market doing, we're still helping people build you know, whatever it is that they have, that they, they come to us and say, hey, we're using Clojure or Datomic or both to build X. Great, we'll help you build X. But um, we're also starting to see the the sort of repeat pain customers who said, hey, I saw that you solved this problem for this other group. Can you solve it for us? And of course, we love that because it's it's great momentum and it helps us, uh, you know, solve problems faster for those, what you call, you know, the second wave uh, of companies come through, and 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 that's been really gratifying to see as well. I think the other great thing about this year has been uh, to tie it to the to the sort of community side. Our services organization has become involved with, you know, companies that we didn't know were using Closure or Datomic. Um, it's it's amazing how often, you know, a large company who will call out of the blue and say, yeah, well, we've already got several things deployed, and and we'd love to, you know, have your you know your services team come in and help do X or Y. And we had no idea they were even looking, let right. alone already doing. Yeah, there was a point where we sort of knew everyone that was doing closure. Right. And now I take a trip to, say, Silicon Valley and do a tour of uh, various companies. I had a great uh, meeting. I, I won't say who with, but I went in uh, because I, I knew that they were a, a big closure team and they had a big closure team. In- Internally, um, so I set up a meeting, uh, you know, with four or five folks from from maybe three folks from their um, development team, and we show up for the meeting, and I've got you know a bunch of notes, and I've got my notebook ready to to hear all about their closure stuff, and so I start with you know hey, it's great, so tell us what you're doing and how it's going and how we can help, and 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 um, the 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 person uh, who answered my question, I think it was the lead developer of the team said, yeah, I'd love to tell you about that, but um, can I tell you instead about this Datomic-based project that's about to go live? <laughs> and I sort of sat back and looked at the folks from Cognitech who were with me and said, did you, anybody here know that they were using Datomic? Nope, nope, totally. And they were literally about to go to production with it. It's those kinds of surprises, and it happens in both directions. Um, it happens all the time now. But that's the great thing is it happens all the time now because people know where to find us and they know we're out here. And that means that we're now really being exposed to the adoption. And, and, and we certainly hope to um, help those teams who are adopting Clojure and also Datomic tell those stories a little bit more publicly because I think that that is something the community is dying to hear is more of those stories of each other. Like who's doing it? You know, What are they using it for? 
you know, what ways was it a success? What ways was it not? Yeah, you know, we want to get those stories out there and, and, and have those those communal revelations happen. So and, and frankly, I think that the the team has seen uh, some fairly stunningly interesting problems this year and are lining up to tackle some in, in Q1 of next year as well that, you know, we've always had great, interesting problems to solve with our customers. Um, but, but I could, it's some of the ones that we've tackled this year have been, have been truly at the, uh, impactful and, and hard edge that, um, has been really gratifying to see. Yeah, I agree. I mean, unfortunately those fall into the category of stuff we mostly can't talk about. Yeah. Yeah. But, unfortunately, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm sure um, the listeners are tired of hearing me say, I wish I could say X, but I can't. Well, you know, we, <laughs> there's a few things we can say and I, and I do want to get to the point where we talk about looking forward, but, um, before we do that, I wonder if I could be indulged for a moment in, in uh, reflecting on the, the podcast itself. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, I think it was a good year for the podcast and we, we've continued to sort of, you know, we don't have a regular publication schedule, um, but, you know, we published another you know, couple dozen episodes this year, which is the third year in a row that we've done that. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, and, and then when I look back, I think about the difference in the podcast from the beginning of the year to this point and there are things that have stayed the same and things that have changed. And I think the things that have stayed the same are, I think the show is still the show. Like we still find interesting people and talk to them about some aspect of their relationship with software where that's a very broad definition because 2014 was the year where we recorded. Um, and we've done stuff like this before, but the one that really stands out to me in my mind is as a, a important episode that we did this year was the Joey Holloway episode, of course, where yes. we talked about clinical depression and um, electroconvulsive therapy and, and I have episodes in mind that are of a similar sort of nature of departure from talking talking tech as we often do and are and are happy to do and will continue to do. Um, but I think, uh, as I've said over and over again, software is about people, business is about people. <laughs> so let's you know, I mean, the tagline for the show is uh, is you know, software and the people that create it. And I think that's an important thing to remember. Absolutely, and I and I, I do want to echo that that you know I've. Obviously, Stu and I have founded the company um, 11 years ago, and, and I've known Joey now f since college, and I thought it was a remarkably great idea to have her come on the show. Um, so thank you, Craig, for thinking of it, and I want to thank her for being willing to talk about it um, because I think that those kinds of issues are um, critical. I, I think that, that our industry, um, by and large, is only just now starting to wrap its head around the kinds of... You know, issues that, that people deal with uh, emotionally and, and uh, the kinds of health issues that, that can impact somebody's life like that. And it's good that we can take this kind of uh, venue and point it in that direction and, and, and shine a spotlight. And so it was really uh, it was both brave and generous of her to sit on the, on the show and, and, and tell that story. Um, and it was uh, I thought it was it was a wonderful episode. And, and it's one of the things that I love about this podcasts that almost every episode involves somebody telling a story about themselves <laughs> right. that you know you wouldn't get on a on either a shorter form or a more tech focused uh kind of venue and and it's it's uh it's great and i you know i like to see more of it <laughs> well we definitely plan to do more and, and of course joy was not although that was definitely one of my favorite episodes uh we we're very fortunate in that we had many many great guests and i mean i couldn't couldn't possibly stack rank them at all i mean just but you know we had a lot of great guests this year and we've got as usual we've got 50 more shows <laughs> ideas lined up in the queue 
and so we're going to keep doing it. Uh, in, in terms of other things that happened in 2014, um, a big one was that we we got a brand new website. Like though, there's a podcast like page and feed and everything now that we didn't we didn't it didn't exist in in 2013 when we went to become Cognitech. We just kept using the Think Relevance blog site, and so there was a whole process of you know getting onto the new infrastructure and uh, the new format for the for the website and. Um, you know, we've continued to improve on that. So now, for example, we've post, we've ported all the old shows. Of course, we had some staffing changes on the podcast. We have Kim on board to help and Russ on board to help. And they both, I believe, started helping out in, in 2014, which has been great from my perspective. And I don't, I don't think it's possible for me to express the degree to which this show is enabled by the work that they do. And of course, you know, Michael, as always, continues to contribute the, the great art that goes along. Um, and we do have more things like that in mind coming up. I don't want to announce anything just yet, but I th- mm-hmm. I'm almost positive that 2015 is going to see at least one uh, significant new feature to the to the sort of um, stuff surrounding the show. I mean, the show is going to stay the same. We will, con- like, as I said before, continue to have interesting people on, have a conversation with them. But there's other things that we can add in the, in the same way that we added, uh, you know, the new the new website and things of that nature. We got we we got a few more. Uh, Tricks up our sleeve. That's right. (laughs) And people will certainly be made aware of those once they're ready to go. A couple of them are pretty far along and actually hope to see them happen in the early part of the year, but uh, no particular timelines yet. Right. Um, So great. So that's podcast kind of past and future. Um, So let's talk about other Cognitech stuff future. And I think maybe we will do the thing I did to you last year where I play back the bit where you talk about the year coming, and we get to sit here at the end of the year and go, well, Justin, how was how was the old crystal ball? Let's do it. So I'm hoping that at this point, uh, Russ will splice in the sort of the, you know, the wind, the, the chimes, the, you know, the, we're going back into the past now sound. So let's go ahead and hit play here. What else? I mean, I, I know, so the, the problem with looking forward is, of course, that, you know, you are aware, and to some lesser degree, I am aware of things that are going on that we uh, cannot yet talk about. Right. Um, and some of them are amazingly awesome. <laughs> and we said that last year. Um, and I think we were right. And we were right. I really do think we were right. I mean, you know, uh, we, we alluded to Pedestal many times on the show. Uh, we kind of, uh, you know, we, we at one point you and I were talking and we were like, hey, you know, something big is coming. And it was Datomic. And I think I think that's a justified claim beforehand. Yeah. Um, and I said, we hinted at the merger, and yeah, there was right. there were a lot of things that we couldn't talk about right. until we talked about them. So, so we can we can say that there are things that are equally awesome that we are super excited about that are coming, but that we can't talk about. But I I still would like to ask you, in 2014, can is there anything that we can say about what people we've talked in general terms, but is there anything that else that people can kind of look forward to? Yeah, you know, it's going to be important for us to tell the story about not just who we are, and I think that that's an ongoing sort of reintroduction to the world that four months isn't going to have done uh, all by itself. And um, But, you know, who we are is not nearly as important as um, who you are. And that is a huge focus of ours in 2014, what are the, th- the problems that we can help solve, um, that the tools or the beliefs or the philosophies that we have can help solve, um, and helping other people tell the stories of successes and, um, 
sometimes failures, but um, the learning and growth on that front is going to be enormous. So you're going to see a lot of effort um, and action in, in those realms um, coming up, you know, aggressively, I would say. Uh, and, um, you know, we've got some of our listeners will um, be familiar with Lynn Grogan, um, who is the chief mastermind behind Closure Conge and does a phenomenal job pulling together what I consider to be a world-class event um, every year. And her job has morphed since last year to be more full-time focused on events and interactions. And that means that um, we've got one person, and, and you know, for, for listeners who don't know, um, she recently changed her lifestyle and is now traveling the country in an RV, and that's where she works from, and that's how she lives her life. Yeah, we just missed talking about that. On the uh, She was on. She talked about her big backpacking trip through the mountains in California, and she right. hadn't quite <laughs> finalized that. I think at one point in the show I say, well, I'm sure you've got something big planned for 2014, and yeah, it was to completely uproot her life and, and roam the country in a, in a mobile home. She roams the country in a mobile home, but that means that she's going to be out there interacting with people on our behalf all over the country, and she's going to continue to run the conj, but she's going to build more um, events, and that's key to me is, is, you know, we are the company we are now, and, and we're focused on a mission of providing the things that we're going to provide, um, but that engagement, that real direct connection uh, is so central to the heart of what we see as the growth in 2014, you know meeting people at events, finding people where they live, coming to see them at their companies. Um, all of that stuff is going to be huge and you're going to see uh, growth and, and expansion in that area from us. Um, and it's what's going to make people more comfortable, right? Um, at the end of the day, companies are made of people. People trust other people <laughs> that they can meet and shake hands with and, and talk tech over a coffee or a beer with. And, um, so that engagement is, is going to be critical. And I'm, I'm super thrilled that um, Lynn is focused in that area and there will be other people focused in those areas. But having somebody literally roaming the country is going to give us a great platform to uh, start to see some of that engagement blossom. Cool. Yeah. And Lynn is awesome, of course, as you said. All right. So Lynn is awesome, but we'll stop there. So uh, so there we go. So uh, Justin, what do we, what do you think? How was how was the crystal ball? How did how did we do against that? Well, uh, on the positive, uh, I think we hit a lot of those high points. I, I would say that the events that we ran um, in 2014, not just the Conj and Closure West, but some of the trainings that we did and some of the meetups that we sponsored and some of the other events that we showed up at. Um, and frankly, simply just getting some more folks out in the community talking. I'm certainly, I spent a lot of the year traveling various places and, and, and talking with individuals, companies, and, and anybody I could. So I think that, that, that we did put that focus on our personal introduction, <laughs> if you will, to a lot of folks. And, and it has resulted in a variety of public case studies and stories that have been told. You know, we've shared what we could share. We've got a lot more that we're going to share in the near future um, at the beginning of, of 2015. Um, sort of a backlog of, of great stories that, that we're going to be pushing out into the market and, and everybody should keep their eye open for that. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the events that we're doing uh, are expanding. Um, you know, we're, we're going to get out in front of more folks and, and spread out farther afield. Uh, and you should look for some announcements about that coming up 
you know, again, in the early part of 2015. And, and really what I want to see tailing out of all of that effort is the the codification of and the, and the, the publication and, and rebroadcast of the stories of the folks out there doing the hard work of, of, of solving interesting problems with these tools and these platforms and these technologies and, and um, helping them find each other. And, and uh, you know, I'm excited about that. And, and for us, I think, you know, 2015 is about, you know, is going to remain focused on finding those folks and harvesting those stories and helping them get told. There is a lot, of, there, there is a lot, there are a lot of people now, um, lots and lots and lots and lots of people, you know, doing interesting things, these tools and these technologies. And, and a lot of 2015 is going to be about um, how to provide them better leverage. Um, you know, what else can we do to help them uh, either solve an even harder problem or spread the adoption among their organization or, or what, what have you. And, and um, so, you know, sort of a two-pronged focus for 2015. Right. And of course, um, I, I, I can't mention Lynn's name without thinking of, and, and we wouldn't be who we are uh, without making a point of looking at some of the parts of the year that we think could, could have been different or better. Although this next thing isn't necessarily that because it's more bittersweet. Like it's a but basically what I'm referring to is we had, we had a couple of departures during the year. And I'm thinking specifically of uh, of Bobby Calderwood, of course, um, yep. was presented with an opportunity that if you know Bobby at all, you're like, well, if there is only one other place in the world that's uh, a better opportunity for Bobby than Cognitect. <laughs> this would have been it. <laughs> that was it. So, you know, we, we had to say goodbye to him. As you mentioned, we um, David Nolan came on the team. Uh, am I forgetting? I mean, I know that... Uh, well, obviously, Lynn has gone um, independent, although she's still heavily involved uh, with uh, our events, and we're super thrilled that that she's able to also, you know, pursue what she's pursuing, but also continue to help us. Uh, I think Ryan Newfeld, uh, oh, a lot of right. people know yep. Ryan, yep. Uh, uh, left to go back to Canada, came an independent uh, during the course of 2014. Still, still very much a uh, important part of the closure landscape too. He continues to write and present and everything. And absolutely I... huge, huge proponent of Datomic and, yep. and friend of the company. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I uh, you know, we added uh, Ben Camphouse, who yep. uh, is sort of uh, was working with Bobby and, and now has sort of taken over Bobby's slot. Um, during the course of the year, and, and Marshall Thompson joined uh, the company um, on the sales front, and I'm trying to think who else. So we've had some other comings and goings, but but uh, largely, and we've also had you know we we've built relationships with a series of of uh, developers. I think you know we've got a lot of contractors uh, who work with us on projects, and and um, those relationships have continued to grow, and 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 that pool of people has continued to grow. Uh, and those have all been great. I mean, I think that uh, we're excited to have all those folks on board and, and um, you know, always looking for more. So, uh, yeah, I sort of feel like the uh, the sense I get from 2014 is that, of of course, we miss Bobby um, and uh, the people that have left. But but my sense from the year is really, you know, the team really looks a lot the same that it did at the beginning of 2014. I mean, there was a there was a period there where there was a, a bunch of new hires. We were we were growing fast and there were people that were exploring other opportunities. But this year has really felt like, yeah, this is really the same company. The culture is the same. The the team is largely the same. Of course, as you say, there's there's new people, but but that that we're really still a, the the same organization that we were at the beginning of twenty fourteen, which um, is great because it's yeah, it's a sometimes fun you, need, you need a breath. That's right. Um, that's right. Yeah, I don't expect that that's going to remain true in twenty fifteen. <laughs> yeah, right. But but yeah, I think that that you know we we spent a lot of effort becoming Cognitech at the end of 2013 and 2014 was largely about cementing, really pouring the concrete around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've done that. Um, and, and we are the company that, that we hope to be. 
Uh, and now that we have that foundation, 2015, certainly from the looks of things right now in, in, a, in, in the classic, um, well, we're gearing up for a quiet holiday season. Oh, no, not so quiet. <laughs> uh, you know, we're going to start 2015 with a bang and, and, um, and move forward from there. So uh, I, I certainly expect not to have that same statement be made when we have this conversation again at the end of 2015. Um, I'll be shocked if, if that's the same feeling. Okay, well, that might be my cue to um, to put you on the spot and ask you to give me some words that I will play back, back in your in face. Me. That's right, throw back in your face at the end of 2015 when we do this again. So, Justin, how, let's see, how should I phrase this? What do you think will be true at the end of 2015? Like, what, what will we be looking back over 2015 and saying, this was what happened or the properties of 2015? That's a fascinating question, more so now than it ever has been, um, <laughs> because uh, I would say that the the central problem facing a company in our position is defining for itself what it means by growth. Because what I mean by the word growth is in the sense of personal growth, but for a company, uh, we are about to embark on a growth phase for Cognitech as we mature this was our our birth year now now we're going to start growing and becoming the the company we're going to be in the future a lot of companies define growth to mean headcount and i always have viewed and will continue to view forever headcount as a side effect of the actual growth that a company needs to to do and so i would say that we've grown a lot as a company this in 2014 but but we're largely the same size and shape of company that we were at the beginning of the year and it's hard for me to say what 2015 will bring, but I would be shocked if we got to the end of 2015, like I said, and felt like we weren't radically altered in some significant ways. Certainly, we have a roadmap that uh, will uh, you know, add some new things into the world uh, over the course of 2015, and uh, we expect those to be you know, different enough from where we are now that, that it, we can't help but be a, bit, a different organization um, you know, once they're out there. Uh, I think every company has that same sort of roadmap, but, but like we said at the end of 2013, 2014 for us was about cementing this new identity. 2015 is about launching things into the world under this new identity, and, and, and that's reacting to what happens then. So that's what I think will be true uh, and hard to, hard to make a better prediction than that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like your characterization. I mean, uh, I'm reminded of, you know, I have a six-year-old and uh, <laughs> to her, like getting older is essentially, or maybe I should say getting more mature is essentially equivalent with getting taller. Yes. Right. So like she'll, we'll have conversations where she'll be like, well, you, when you get older, will you be taller? Uh, right. Maybe less now that she's a little older, but you know, certainly it's the earlier points in her life. And uh, like, no, that's not really how that works. But I'm still maturing, still developing. I really like that the way you've separated those out. It's a kind of a cognitive thing, right? Is let's let's keep let's keep separate things separate. Well, let's keep separate things separate, and let's keep the focus on exactly what it is, which is as people, companies are just collections of people. The real driving force of everything we do is growth and keeping the people front and center. And that's growth in the human sense, not growth in the number of humans sense. And, you know, let the forces of that growth drive us where they will. You know, there have been years where that has meant uh, dramatic increase in headcount. There's been years where it's meant dramatic diversification of, of offerings. There's been years where it meant, you know, hunkering down and, and uh, you know, we're an 11 year old company and, and which is remarkable for me to say, right? Cognitech's a year old, but this organization is 11 years old. We've seen a lot and uh, I feel uh, truly, truly, truly lucky, blessed, pick your 
adjective of choice to have been around for 11 years already. Um, most companies don't make it past two. Uh, I, I feel like we, we have a lot to be thankful for. And then, frankly, I, I'm also a person who views gratitude as a sense of obligation. So we have a lot to be thankful for, but that means we're obligated to do great stuff as a result of that. And so uh, I'd like to see 2015 be us achieving some great things. Fantastic. Well, it's uh, it's hard to think of a better sort of point to wind down, but I, I don't want to close off the conversation if there was anything else left on your list about 2014 past or about 2015 to come. Nope. Just want to wish everybody a really great holiday season. Hold the people you love close. Take a holiday. Uh, I heard somebody say earlier this week, um, if getting ready for the holidays is stressing you out, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I fully intend to uh, wind down and spend a lot of time with my family and, you know, count my blessings and count my the things I'm grateful for so that when I show back up uh, in the office, uh, that sense of obligation can take over. <laughs> so, so Justin, it's it's amazing that you say that. I think you have just uh, further validated the the new end of show tradition that I'm I'm thinking that we should adopt, um, uh-huh. which, which is I I would like to begin closing the show with a request from our guest for a bit of advice. So, and I mean by that advice they've been given or advice that they like to give other people, but <laughs> you just did that. <laughs> That's fantastic. So I think, uh, I think you've, you've further, further, uh, further proved out that, uh, that that might be a good way to go. So I think, we'll, I, I think that's a great idea. Let me, let me, let me just tell you right now that should be the new tradition. <laughs> I think so too. And we did it, like I said, I tried this out with Kim and it worked well there. And so I just think it's so fascinating to get, Again, to bring it back general, bring it back to the human, and uh, you did a great job of that. So I, I guess I'll just uh, – the only thing left I have to say is uh, thanks so much for taking the, the time to come on today, Justin. It's always good. To, I can't believe how, by, how fast these years went by that we've done 70-some <laughs> episodes, that, that, I, that we've been doing this for three years. is utterly insane, but it, it, I, I just wish that we would have time to have you on uh, more often during the year because I always enjoy our conversations, but I'm very glad – that we make it a point to reserve uh, time at the end of, of each year, beginning of each year, to, um, to you know to stop and kind of kind of chat and talk about the company because I think it's a it's a it's a great milestone at least in my life. So thanks. Well, I, I consider this uh, one of my annual episodes of Hammock Time. So there you go. Awesome. <laughs> very good. Very good. All right. Cool. Well, that that is the perfect place to leave it. Thanks so much for for coming on, and uh, thanks to all the listeners. This has been the Cognicast. You have been listening to The Cognicast. The Cognicast is a production of Cognitech, Inc., whom you can find on the web at Cognitech.com and on Twitter at Cognitech. Our guest today was Justin Getlin on Twitter at jgetlin, J-G-E-H-T-L-A-N-D. Episode cover art is by Michael Parento. Audio production by Russ Olson. Our producer is Kim Foster. Our theme music is Thumbs Up for Rock and Roll by Kill the Noise with Feed Me. I'm your host, Craig Andera. Thanks for listening. Thank mm-hmm. you.